Good morning and welcome to Ask Andy. This is Andrew Newworth. It's a daily podcast on personal injury law in Philadelphia, Pennsylvania. I'm Andrew Newworth. My phone number, if you need me, is 215-259-3687. Or you can find me on the web at newworthlaw, N-E-U-W-I-R-T-H-L-A-W.com. So I want to talk to you today about a situation where there is simply too serious an injury and not enough insurance for your situation. So these are kind of unfortunate situations. They happen more frequently than we would like. They're sort of usually a combination of factors. But the typical setup is, um, and it often involves children, where a a child is hit by a car, suffers, you know, injuries that as adults we know are going to affect them for the rest of their lives. So they have a leg that's broken in five places and they have rods and pins and screws put in or um, they have, you know, surgery or 10 surgeries or they're at CHOP for two months getting better. You know, it's real serious stuff that nobody wants to really think about as parents but is part of what crosses our desk as lawyers. So let's say that person's hit by someone with $15,000 in insurance coverage, you know, in a, in a part of town where they don't have much in the way of assets, and the child's family has another $15,000 in coverage on their own vehicle through underinsured coverage. So you have a total of maybe $30,000 in insurance coverage, if you're lucky. Now let's say the injuries to the child are $500,000 worth if there was enough insurance, and they have a lien or a medical expense of $200,000. So plainly, there's just not enough insurance, and a lot of families that come to me in this situation, what happens is the insurance company, both for the driver who hit them and even for their own, will both tender their policies or just hand over the full amount of their policy, even if it's just 15 grand on each side, and the family has a decision to make. You know, usually that's all there is to get, because, you know, one percenters and all are not usually driving around with $15,000 in coverage. So what ends up happening is there's really no other asset to get there. Even if they live in a home, most people, you know, most people you know, either don't own their own home or they rent or they own it with a spouse and there's really no way to get at further assets for them. So it is a rare situation where we go after someone's personal assets. So, and, and there are a bunch of reasons for that I'll get into in a minute. But basically, let's say you have a $500,000 case and $30,000 in insurance coverage. Well, what happens? Usually the family will come to me and say, hey, look, everyone is telling us we've got a $500,000 case. And, you know, my response is is always the same. Like, yes, you do if there were $500,000 in coverage. And people hear about big verdicts, you know, all the time. People don't hear about the -the run-of-the-mill, you know, settlements that that we can get. Um, But the only reason you're going to get a big verdict is if there's big insurance available. Otherwise, you know, most lawyers won't pursue that because it's a waste of time and money. In the $500,000 injured kid situation, I could take the case to trial. I could get a $500,000 verdict. But what would happen? You know, would the family get 
the available coverage any faster? No, it would take two years. It would slow the process down. What else would happen? Well, I would incur about fifteen to twenty thousand dollars in expenses getting to trial just with medical experts explaining what happened to the kid. And so then that thirty grand that they were going to have turns into, you know, ten grand, and I have to take a fee on that. So that's five grand, and maybe the medical insurance wants another piece of that. So there's no there's no money left. That's ridiculous. So, you know, these are sometimes referred to as coverage tragedies or, you know, not enough insurance situations. Usually the resolution is the following. Once the family, you know, has their questions answered by me or by their lawyer, they come to realize that there's just not enough insurance coverage available. And that's pretty much it. They take a, you know, you could take a $30,000 case for what was a $500,000 injury. Um, you know, my fee would typically be 25% of that for minors, so that would be like 7500 bucks. Sometimes I cut my fee depending on where the case resolves. And the medical insurance may come looking for another $5,000 or 10000 So the child may end up getting, you know, fifteen or twenty grand. It's not a great situation. It's better than they had when they were, you know, before the incident, but it's not by any means full compensation. Um, you know, the interesting thing with minors is that the court takes the position that all minors settlements, so anyone under 18, needs to go through something called a minor's compromise. And basically, that's just a brief court proceeding for the judge to make sure that the minor's interests are protected. So what does that mean? That means that, let's say a case is settled today, I have to prepare a series of legal documents. Usually it takes 30 to 45 days. And I have to prove to the court that the money is being, uh, you know, allocated properly to the minor for their future. So I have to get a, you know, an appraisal of medical bills, what's outstanding, and I have to prove to the court that their bills have been paid or will be paid. I have to get a letter from a doctor or a nurse saying that they're fully recovered or they're not. I have to lay out for the court what my fees are and what my expenses are. And, and you know, at the end of the day, like what the, what the kid's going to get from all this. So, you know, in, in some areas, some counties, that proceeding is simply done on the papers, meaning we file some documents electronically with the court and the court either gives them a thumbs up or a thumbs down. I was recently at a situation, I've been in Delaware County and Berks County, which is uh, Redding recently, where the judge wants you to come in front of, uh, in front of them with the family and just so they can kind of eyeball the situation and make sure the family's aware that there are restrictions on the money. And the interesting thing is that the money is, is specifically intended for the child and the child's not 18, so they're not allowed to make contracts under the law. So what happens, the judge sort of steps in and makes the, makes the contract for the kid. And essentially, the whole purpose of these situations is for everyone in the family to be aware that the money is for the child, not for the family. And the judge is sort of there to, you know, give some proper authority to the situation. The lawyer knows what what's going on. I've never seen one. Um, in Pennsylvania that's been denied. I saw one in Massachusetts once that was denied because the parents were not particularly, 
with it or hadn't been properly prepared. I don't know, but the you know, they were very very poor, and I think they were planning on using the money to pay rent or gas money or this or that, and that's that's exactly what the miners' compromise is intended to avoid. We want the money to be kept in safekeeping for the child till they turn 18 and they're able to make decisions for themselves. Unfortunately, you know, if your parents, the notion of giving 20 or $30,000 to an 18-year-old boy or girl is uh, not particularly palatable, to put it mildly. So, um, but, you know, a lot of parents with good intentions will put some of the money in a savings account, some of the money in a 529 for college, or whatever their purposes are. But the specific goal is that the money be there safe for the child and not used for family expenses, which you know may benefit the child and may benefit their well-being, but really um, is not you know something children normally are expected to contribute towards. So that's minor compromises and kind of coverage tragedies. That's enough for today. Again, this is Ask Andy, and I hold people accountable.